to another brand new episode of Take a Shelfie. It's a podcast about beer and friendship. I'm Jeff Martin, and with me as always is a man who takes better selfies than The weekend, Matt Prince. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, what did you think about that performance? Well, first of all, uh, the memes that came out of it were terrific. There was all that thing where he was in the House of Mirrors or whatever. Someone uh, took screenshots of that and said, this is what my camera roll looks like when I get my iPad back from my toddler. And that was terrific. Uh, What did I think of the performance? Uh, It was about as good as Patrick Mahomes' performance. Um, (laughs) I I learned more about The weekend's music, uh, and I was grateful for that because he's a pretty talented artist. Uh, but the mix for the vocals was pretty weird. And the, yeah. the the whole conceptual big storytelling thing was lost on me. It was odd. You know, I, uh, I'm, I was watching it and I've listened to the weekend's music. Like I, I actually am not like a f- huge fan, but um, I have friends who like the weekend. So I've, I've listened to enough and I felt like the performance did not do him justice. I felt like, um, I, I don't know how I feel about the the location of the stage. I don't know if that was COVID related, uh, why he wasn't in the center of the field. Um, maybe they didn't want to have a bunch of people having to work on a stage and that that would make sense. But it felt like he was on this little island and he was like a little action figurine and I could just flick him off the stage. Like, and then he was in the fun house and it, I had these horrible um, nightmares about being in a fun house in the Jersey shore. Like, I, I don't know. There was just something weird going on. And I, I felt like the music was lost and, and it's really a shame because the weekend is very talented. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't really watching it intently. I was sort of uh, checking in the beers that I was drinking during the Super Bowl. Uh, what did you drink during the Super Bowl? And what are you drinking now for that matter? So during the Super Bowl, what did I drink during the Super Bowl? Oh, you know what? I had a, a double IPA collaboration from Tired Hands in Anchorage called Mammon. Um, and I had a Hellas from Threes that you gave me. And it, they were both very uh, delicious. And um, it was the perfect amount of beer for a very strange Super Bowl. I mean, let's not try to hide it. Things are weird. And the watching the Super Bowl with half regular fans and then some cardboard fans and it felt very much like a JV football game. I don't know, like yeah. in terms of the in terms of the the crowd, <laughs> it was kind of like the uh, it was kind of like the finale of the first season of Friday Night Lights when they go to the, when they go to state uh, and just like the lower half of Cowboy Stadium that of the bowl is is full. Um, it was kind of like that, and I'm sure there were some fake fans in that. But this is neither a football podcast nor. Uh, podcast about Friday Night Lights, though I would I would be on that podcast about yeah, Friday Night Lights. Oh, I would too. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. Um, what I drank during the Super Bowl is the same thing as what I'm drinking now, um, which is beer from New Trail um, from their Expedition Pack. Right now, I'm having the Confluence American IPA. Yeah, it's it's uh, convenient because I am also having um, a beer from that pack. I'm drinking the Dry Hot Pilsner which is uh, called Horizon, is a collaboration, of course, between Neutral and Human Robot, which I've been to a few times now, and I love their Pilsner beers. So um, I'm pretty stoked about this, and it's delicious. Uh, and I'm pretty stoked about the fact that the sort of the reason that we're drinking the Neutral is because today's guest is from Neutral. Matt, why don't you tell us a little bit about the guest? Yeah, so today we have Mike LaRosa on, and he is the head brewer and, and owner 
of New Trail Brewing and um, super pumped for this. Um, you know, New Trail has really blown up in Pennsylvania. If we're talking about a, a brewery that is self-contained in Pennsylvania, that is full of hype that no one else knows about because it is self-contained, it's New Trail. I mean, everyone drinks New Trail and their hazy IPAs are well known um, and their their Pilsner beers and lager beers are delicious and their stouts are also very delicious. So I'm excited to, uh, to hear what Mike has to say about his operation and where they've been and where they're going. So uh, I'm pretty pumped. Yeah. I mean, uh, Mike has a pretty interesting history. Um, he has hit a lot of spots and I'm sure he'll talk about it once he's on, but uh, he, he worked at rock bottom out in King of Prussia, uh, which is like a, a, a pub style um, brewery, type place similar to an iron hill um he also uh helped out at maniunk uh at, at, for a little bit uh he's been all over pennsylvania he, he worked with gene at tired hands for a little while yeah um and so it, it's really exciting to have him on because he uh i'm sure really has a sense of uh the pennsylvania beer scene uh and he's among the better brewers in pennsylvania so uh, let's not waste any more time and let's just welcome them on. Uh, Mike LaRosa, welcome to Take a Shelfie. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Mike, um, you know, New Trails, you know, doing really great right now. But what we want to know is like kind of the beginning. What got you into craft beer and what was uh, what was that first beer that got you hooked? Oh, well, I started um, homebrewing with my dad. I was about 17 um, my parents were pretty cool about alcohol in high school. They sort of wanted to teach me how to drink appropriately rather than just like sending me off to college and letting me do the traditional party and get a DUI and an underage and stuff like that. So um, we were having beers at dinner. My dad was a, a pretty big um, Newcastle um, brown ale fan. So that was probably an early beer for me. Um, Growing up in Downingtown, I drank a lot of Victory. Like even at like high school parties, that would have been the variety case would have been something that we might have been able to get our hands on. But I had a uh, an early love affair with um, Pilsner beer, and being from Downingtown, Prima Pils was an early love for me. Your brewing career, you made a lot of stops before you got to New Trail. Um, mm -hmm. Tired Hands, Rock Bottom. What did you learn at those breweries that um, really got you excited to start your own place? Sure. So, I mean, a quick synopsis on my career. I, um, I started at a Rock Bottom. I started with the one in King of Prussia under uh, Brian McConnell, who uh, is now uh, the owner of Sterling Pig. So I, I never worked at Sterling Pig, but I worked with Brian, who now owns Sterling Pig. And Brian was uh, really uh, important in my formative years of learning how to brew. He's a really technical, solid pub brewer, you know, and he was, so to speak, classically trained from from a guy who was, you know, 10, 15 years into his career. And I, you know, by the time that I got to Brian, he was 10, 15 years into his career. So uh, my foundation in beer stems from just really solid brewing practices that Brian taught me. Um, so I was with him for about two years. I went on to uh, Saucony Creek right after that. I was the head brewer there in their first year of operation. I was with them for about a year and helped them develop uh, beers like Maple Mistress. Um, things didn't work out there for me, so I moved on. I worked with Maniunk for a short stint. 
as a as a short-term brewer and from there i made my really first my, my first really big break into uh a big uh brewery or at least what i considered a big brewery at uh came uh, i worked as the head brewer there for about a year and it was a crazy year crazy growth year for them i think we jumped from like two thousand barrels to five or six thousand barrels that year which is you know when you're a team of two guys was a lot and then from there i was headhunted to uh tired hands and i worked with them for two years i helped gene open the fermenteria and uh helped him um build the third location which is called the dispensary and it's uh, another place for um oak fermentation as well as uh there was a lab put in and bottle storage and blah, blah, blah. So uh, I burnt out there. I just was working too much, worked, worked crazy, crazy long hours, just trying to, you know, build the company and eventually said that I wanted to kind of stem off and do my own thing. And that, you know, ultimately that was always my goal from the get-go was to own my own brewery. When I went to college and I, you know, decided to make brewing a career, I, uh, I knew one day that I'd be sitting here today. I just didn't, know the path that was going to get me to here. So you mentioned that one of your early loves in terms of style to drink is, is pills. And now having heard your history, I I'm sure I've had your beers of other styles beforehand, but my first introduction to new trail was lazy river. For sure. uh, and you've won a gaffer gold medal for that. Uh, talk about how important that beer is for you as a brewer. Sure. So, I mean, that beer actually has sentimental value to me. I, um, I brewed that beer for my mom. Um, Lazy River, my mom is an avid Coors Light drinker. She loves, she loves Coors Light. My, her, her father, my grandfather is an avid Budweiser drinker. So I, I knew that, um, and you know, she always drank my beer, you know, everywhere in my, my career along the way, but I knew that like being that it was gonna be my brewery or that I was going to have, have ownership in this, that I needed to create a beer that she was going to love as equal as, um, as equal as Coors Light. Cause I mean, she, she loves Coors Light. <laughs> and, um, I, uh, I really bunkered down and, and early on in the conception of, uh, Lazy River Pills sort of came up with like beer flavored beer, which is really what Pilsner is. Like, it's just the way that I want beer to taste like. So I spent a lot of time thinking about like how much aroma I wanted, what sort of aromas we wanted out of the, out of the hops, you know, picking a yeast strain, talking about how to, how to get this like super crisp and refreshing. So you could drink it on a hot day in July or, you know, on a, on a cold February day watching the Super Bowl. I'm about three years into home brewing, and my dad is an avid Michelob Ultra drinker. And I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still, as a fan of the style of Pilsner, yeah. and also trying to get him to drink a beer that uh, that I made. I'm still trying to perfect my Pilsner, so I, I understand the the lengths it takes. Yeah, well, and so like it was really interesting, you know, being at, at Tired Hands at the time. We were one of the early innovators of um hazy ipa and obviously the the innovators of, of milkshake ipa and it was really interesting to me when my mom would come and and stop at the at the brewery you know for 
you know, bread and butter or whatever, the burger or something. And she'd have a beer and she always picked like the, the hazy IPA. And it like sort of like clicked in my head that like, oh my God, like hazy IPA is going to be another like gateway beer for people because it's just super approachable. And I don't mean to go off too much on a sidetrack on no. it, but like, but when like, when I got into craft beer and I was looking at IPA, when my dad got into craft beer, like it was English IPA or like West Coast, like we were right in the in the heart of like the bitter wars when when I started my my brewing career somewhat ten some odd years ago, and my mom would never have drank those beers. And if my mom was deciding to drink a beer that's called IPA, there's got to be other moms and other people that are, you know, avid Coors Light drinkers or Michelob Ultra drinkers or, or whatever drinkers that, that are just interested in that style. So, so you, uh, you mentioned the hazy IPAs, but you mentioned more specifically, um, Milkshake IPAs. Mm-hmm. So um, anyone who follows your portfolio kind of sees the trend that you tend to stick your milkshake IPAs around the holidays. You know, you've mm-hmm. done your Halloween milkshake IPAs, you've done your Christmas milkshakes. Yep. Now you've just released three um, Valentine's Day milkshake IPAs. Yep. So um, why do you tend to put those beers around the holidays? And uh, what did you learn about that style from Gene at Tired Hands? Well, I, I was actually... Uh one of the first brewers of milkshake IPA. So I was with Tired Hands when we brewed the the first strawberry milkshake IPA. So I was in the room having the conversations with Gene on how to conceptualize the style. So he and I sort of worked on it together. And as, you know, as the company grew, you know, the, the milkshake train sort of went off the rails. I mean, obviously it's a, it's a major player in, in a lot of nerdy styles, but um I have lots of anybody that that knows me or works with me knows I have a lot of like really funny rules when it comes to like specifically with branding. Um, and like new trail is a really, um, I don't want to say holistic, but it, it, it's got like this really firm outdoor branding where we talk about like very visceral activities that you do, right? Like sledding or, or even like something like flannel weather, like it, it's all tied into this greater North central Pennsylvania thing. And I couldn't wrap my head around where milkshake IPA fits into being outdoors. Like, um, it's not necessarily a beer that I, I thought about. Like if I went for a kayaking trip that I'm like craving to have a strawberry milkshake at the end of it sort of things. And the holidays sort of just fell into our laps. I'm trying to think, I guess it would have been holiday cookie would have been the, in the, the first milkshake IPA we did. And we were just looking for like a, a Christmas beer. We were just looking for like a Christmas IPA. I was like, Oh, this is perfect. Like milkshake IPA fits on these major holidays. And I think that we can sort of in tandem work together with, the the outdoor brand and sort of have this offshoot like kooky holiday sort of sort of thing going too so i hope that answers your question oh definitely yeah so you um you know we've talked a lot about hazy ipas and you you guys release a ton of singles and doubles and mm-hmm. and lately a lot of triples have been popping up do are you worried about haze fatigue or do you think that uh the hazy ipa will continue to be what you know your consumers want Sure. I, I think that anybody that's in um, in craft beer sort of has to worry about whatever the, the new trend is that's coming up. But um, IPA is still the largest craft category in craft beer by double digits. I mean, it's, it's something stupid. I, you know, don't I don't want to I don't wanna sound too outlandish, but I think it's something like 60 percent of craft beer falls under IPA categories. So. 
And I think of that American IPA still predominantly uh, is the the style of choice. So hazy IPA is still really young in its um, upcoming as a as a style. So I don't think it's going anywhere. I think that um, as people figure out how to make better hazy IPA and how they can, uh, you know, as they figure out how to make it more shelf stable, it's just going to be, you know, maybe what, you know, what your kids drink, you know, they're like, Oh, my dad used to drink hazy IPA. I don't, I, you know, I, I don't know that the, the hype culture is always going to be there for it, where people stand in lines for hours and hours and hours on end in the cold to, to grab IPA as it becomes more available on shelves. But I think that, um, I don't think it's going anywhere anytime soon. So you, uh, you mentioned lines and you guys are kind of like an anomaly because you've managed to be like the Pennsylvania hype brewery. I mean, if you go on the breweries and PA Facebook page, it is just like loaded with pictures of the latest new trail hazy IPA, but you, your beers, uh, it doesn't require you to stay in, You don't require your patrons to stand in line. They're readily available all over the state. Um, was it important for you that your beer was available and accessible, especially after seeing, you know, tired hands at the beginning of its hype? Um, I can walk into my grocery store and get a, a four pack of fresh new trail. Yeah. I think that um, you sort of bring up a really good point. You know, I, I was a part of the early hype line, line culture, chair culture, ghost chairs, like where people were putting out their chairs at five o'clock in the morning. I mean, it was to the point where like, I knew when I was coming into work at Tired Hands because I parked right next to the dumpster. You know, there would be people there before I even had canned the beer that they were purchasing eight hours later. You know, like, hey, Mike, how are you? I'm like, good. I can't believe you're here because I haven't even done this yet, which, you know, put a tremendous amount of pressure on me um, to, to get the beer into cans because anything can go wrong on a on a canning day you know the steamer goes down or one one bolt goes away and the and the whole line doesn't function so um you know we i i built the or i helped build the culture at tired hands i helped build the build the hype the hype line culture and as i i left there i sort of thought to myself like you know i i think that beer as a whole could kind of take a step back and and kind of um, self-correct. And I think that creating, um, a brewery that is, uh, accessible to everybody in the state is just as cool and important for the culture in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, you look at breweries in other States that do similar things. Like, um, we talk about new Glarus all the time internally. New Glarus is this monster of a craft brewery. I think they fall somewhere in the top 100, by volume uh for craft beer and they um they produce something like sixty thousand barrels in a year but it's all sold within the state of wisconsin and you can only get it if you go there and people still mule you know spotted cow back to, to pennsylvania when whenever they drive there so i don't know that new trail will always stay within this within the confines of pennsylvania but it's important to us that we remain um a regional figure i guess in your portfolio of of hazy's doubles do, do you have one that you think is the best and what do you like about that beer um well i really enjoy broken heels i know that's sort of um a bit tongue-in-cheek as it's the flagship but it was the first one and it's still, it's just a winning hop combination. You really can't go wrong with Citra and Mosaic. It's got this really 
pithy grapefruit characteristic to it that's backed by rich pine and it still has like other citrus like citrus zest or or tangerine flesh it really depends like i I feel like i can drink broken heels at three different stages in its life cycle and it tastes like broken heels but it can taste different to me you know and i think that i think that's important um some of the one-off beers though i i really enjoy like i was those happened to be on a podcast the other night and they asked me a similar question and they asked me to name my top five neutral beers. And of course I talked, you know, talked on and on and on about lazy river and SOB and broken heels. Cause they are my, the core beers are my favorite, but I, I got to the end of it and I, I had trouble naming two other beers and I, I named two. And then I like, they, they went on and talked about theirs and I was like, Oh my God, there's so many other beers that I could talk about. Like pinecone pinecone in, in recent um, new trail history is like one of my more favorite double IPAs we've done, but like, totally slipped my mind when I was trying to name five, you know? Yeah. Matt, is yours, is yours hammock? I think mine's hammock. I was just going to say it. Hammock is by far my favorite. <laughs> well, no, no, no. No, Lazy River Pills is my favorite. No, I mean, of the, of the doubles, <laughs> of the, hazies. The IPAs, yeah. yeah. The doubles or the sing, yeah, yeah, hammock. I could drink that all day. Not all day, because that would, I would be in trouble, but yeah. Mike, among our, our group, we, when we tried hammock for the first time, we all, without prompting each other said the same thing and that it reminds us of treehouse. <laughs> wow. That's a, that's a high comp. That's a high compliment. To me, I, it's, I, it's a very good beer. I can remember drinking hammock for the first time, like out of the tank. And like, I was just like, Oh fuck. Like, like this is, this is good. And um, yeah. hammock was really interesting for, for us too, because it was um, the first single hop, IPA that I had done with hops that I personally had selected in Yakima. And it was sort of just like um, self-congratulating that it was so delicious. And I was like, oh man, I really, I really do know what I'm doing. Cause <laughs> like, I know, I know what hops should taste like, cause this is just delicious. So, so I've got, I'm going to crack this first before I ask this question. Cause it's pretty fitting, but um, ooh. so we are both enjoying um, beers from your expedition pack, uh, your mm-hmm. first one. Um, yep. And so how did that idea get started? And uh, like, how do you come up? Like, how did you pick the breweries that you wanted? And what other uh, breweries can we expect to see? And do breweries ever turn you down for stuff like this? It's a lot of questions packed. I know. In there. I so uh, so I'll try, I'll try to hit them all. I, I know that I, I can sort of run on a little bit, but um, to, your, to your first question, the, the idea stemmed from 2020. You know, the, the idea that we had missed so many expeditions, so many adventures, so many, you know, lost opportunities with our friends. So it was sort of an idea like to try to pull ourselves together so we had a reason to talk to each other while also um, collaborating on, on cool ideas. And um, the idea to do it once a month is a bit insane but it, it's fast paced and it, it takes a it takes a lot of like hurting cats for for lack of a better example um because you, you have to figure my lead time on a lot of the um infrastructure like the 12 pack boxes alone they're like seven or eight weeks from the time that that i have uh design in hand until i see the uh the box in house so um yeah, I mean, the, the I guess the to answer the first question, the, the idea sort of stemmed from twenty twenty sucking, and we wanted to we wanted to, to make an excuse to see our friends and talk to our friends, 
yeah, that morning necessity is, in, is insane. I just saw you take a sip of it. <laughs> <laughs> that is so smooth. Yeah. It's yeah. so, like, I don't, that's awesome. Yeah. So to answer the next question, I think, which was, um, why do, why did we pick the brews that we've picked? Um, the, the first idea with it being a variety pack is to sort of hit different styles other than IPA, right? I mean, I know that we could create an all IPA expedition pack or variety pack and just blow it up and, and, and knock it out of the park. But that that's not the idea behind kind of lifting what I was talking about earlier, lifting the, the Pennsylvania craft beer scene. We want to focus on our friends that don't necessarily um, – produce a lot of IPA or they might produce great IPA, but their, their Pilsners or their Stouts or their Brown Ales or their Amber Ales are, are far superior. Um, so when we looked at the pack, I mean, obviously Human Robot, the first pack, Human Robot's making outstanding lager and they're making a ton of noise with that. And it was fun to sort of see the way that they approach um, Pilsner beer. Um Andrew at Dancing Gnome, he, he and I have been friends for a few years now. So that was, that was an easy one. And obviously, you know, we've collaborated before on Hazy IPA. So that was, um, that was super, super fun to do another one. Uh, East Branch, I'm a Downingtown guy. I grew up in Downingtown. So I've known about them for a while. Sean, one of the owners there I've known for, I've known since I was a little kid, actually. He used to be the manager at a craft beer bar that my parents would frequent. So he's known me since I was like five. And then, um, Pizza Boy, I guess Pizza Boy's the last one. I've known Terry for, for a number of years. And obviously, Sunny Side Up is arguably the one of the best stouts in Pennsylvania. And it was a no-brainer to kind of ask them into the pack. I think your third question in that was who's next? <laughs> yeah, or was there was or was there or was there another like eight questions wrapped into that? Like, <laughs> no, we actually, still need to answer. Well, we, we actually just had um we actually just had Mike Contreras from 2SP on and he said oh, nice. He said that they'll be uh, doing. They are, you guys are doing a stout. Yeah, they're they're in the the February pack. Uh, the February pack launches next week, so I guess by the time that this is running, we'll be talking about those beers. So um, we chose to work with our friends at Love City. Um, we're producing a pilsner with them, a dry hopped American pilsner, because obviously they they make outstanding lager beer, and. Um, then there is Grist House. Grist House, we are doing a hazy IPA. It's a hazy, um, now I'm embarrassing myself. It's a hazy single or a hazy double, obviously. And I can't, I can't remember specifically which ones, which brewery is which. The other IPA in the pack is Imprint. So Imprint's the hazy double, Grist House is the hazy single. Sorry, I could, I could write myself there. And then uh, the last brewery is 2SP, which you mentioned. So we, um, we're doing an American Imperial Stout with them. So it's, a, it's got a, a nice hot uh, forward char characteristic while still kind of being dark roasty, chocolatey. Nice. And so, do any of the breweries ever turn you down? Does, like uh, yeah, I mean, we, we've definitely, we've had, they're not necessarily turned down. They, they want to pick different months, I guess. You know, it's like, Hey, can you make the, let's just for lack of a better example, can you make the April pack? And they're like, no, I can't do April. Let's do May. Or like, can you put me on the back burner and talk to me in two or three months and see where my schedule's at? So everybody's been, been pretty forthcoming. I think the March pack, I could probably hit on who's in that one too. That is a uh, Sterling pig. Sterling pig is um, obviously I, I have a past with Brian and he and I are doing a Schwartz beer 
And then it is uh, Levante. Levante, we're doing a hazy single IPA. And Voodoo is the stout in that pack. It's just going to be an imperial pastry stout, a German, ch- German chocolate cake inspired. <clears throat> and then uh, it is Evergreen. Evergreen's the last IPA slot. So and that's a hazy, hazy double. Wow. So, so within within all of those, there's there's a lot of different styles. Do you have a style that you consider your your favorite to brew? Or like maybe the better way to phrase that question is like, are you more excited about like the challenge of meeting very specific requirements for a style, or do you like something where you have some freedom to be more creative? Um I think uh I'm most excited to drink Pilsner beer. I think I've mentioned that before. <laughs> I enjoy brewing Pilsner uh, because it is technically challenging. Um, there's nothing to hide behind. However, um, I think my favorite brew days are stout brew days or dark beer, dark beer in general. The aroma inside the brewery is just very visceral. It, it, it evokes a lot of um, memories and emotions for me. When you're not drinking New Trail, what are you drinking? Uh, I drink a lot of Half Acre. I love Daisy Cutter. Um, I'm drinking Hetty Topper right now because I found it in my refrigerator, and I'm embarrassed to say that I drank all of my Pilsner at the of watching the Super Bowl. But um, if I'm not drinking Pale Ale or Pilsner or um, Dark Lager, I really enjoy drinking. Uh, I drink a lot of tequila. <laughs> so I, I have a I have an affinity for tequila at the moment, Blanco tequila. So. So here's a question. How old is that heady? Because you said you found it in your, you just have found it in your fridge. Yeah, it's probably about a month old, maybe a month okay. and a half. So it's, it's like right at the peak of where they say it is. So uh, I, w- I once intentionally left a heady in the fridge for six months and it, it changed, but it still tasted good. Yeah. I mean, it, any beer is going to change. Yeah. But, um, it's still one of the most talked about beers yeah. to ever have been created. So yeah. Yeah. Um, sort of, yeah and it yeah. sort of just Good led beer. the way. So, yeah. so, uh, okay. So what's next for new trail? Like I, I, you have your spot in Williamsport and, uh, would there ever be a second location? Uh, what do you see on the horizon? Uh, I mean, nothing's, nothing's out of the question for us. I mean, we, we're a bunch of guys. <laughs> we're 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 a bunch of guys that you know, guys and gals that like to to make jokes and and have big ideas. So I mean, maybe maybe that means one day down the road we'll have a brew pub somewhere. Um, you know, maybe it means a brewery in uh in Key West. I mean, I I, I don't know. I, I'm just <laughs> it could it could be anything. So we, the the focus right now is kind of. Um, to make the best beer that we can within the, the equipment and the parameters that we have set for ourselves. Well, whatever that next step is, and uh, even while you're continuing to do what you do, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be right there with you. We are uh, huge, huge fans. Uh, personally, can't wait to try more of these Pilsners um, and whatever else you have come down the pike. Um, but uh, in the meantime, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was, uh, it was a blast. Happy to come back whenever. So, uh, Matt, I think as predicted, that was uh, a f- pretty phenomenal interview. Yeah, you know, it's always funny to me when we have these these brewers and owners of breweries on, and, uh, you know, they're just regular, 
regular guys who like to drink beer and like to make good beer for, for people. And, um, you know, I, hearing him talk about his, his history, where he's been, what he's done in terms of like building cultures at breweries is, uh, is pretty cool. And um, it makes me want to drink his beer even more than I already did, which is already a, a lot. So it was neat. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's so humble about it too. Um, you know, we're just, we're telling him his beers remind us of Treehouse, and we're telling him his Pilsner is, you know, sort of the best that, you know, we drink on a regular basis. And he's just like, Oh, shucks. Thanks. He's just, uh, he's just a really great guy. He also, Matt, uh, previewed our next episode, which is with love city. Yeah. I mean, for two weeks in a row now, we, uh, our guests have gave us have given us these plugs for our next guest without even knowing it. So that's pretty cool. And I'm excited because Love City, um, as as Mike said, is going to appear in the next uh, expedition pack. So I look forward to talking to uh, Sean Goldinger about that and um, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's almost as if once uh, these episodes come out, it sounds like we plan them, but uh, listeners, we promise you uh, we, we don't do that much work. We do a little bit of work, but not that much. Um, you can enjoy that episode next week by subscribing to take a shelfie, wherever you get your fine podcasts. While you're there, please leave a nice review. Uh, it really helps with the promotion of the podcast. You can visit us at shelfiepodcast.com, which has received a nice little facelift courtesy of our in-house web designer, Kellyanne Pipe. Uh, who sort of just did it on her own once uh, she had to move web hosting services. Um, so Matt hasn't even been to the website to see it. It happened overnight tonight while we're recording. You can also visit us on uh, Instagram at ShelfiePod. We are throwing the other social media uh, accounts out the window. Uh, we don't post them. So follow us on Instagram. That's where you can find us. Um, We really enjoy uh, interacting with you on the website and on Instagram, and we look forward to uh, talking with you about our future episodes. Until those episodes, I'm Jeff Martin. And I'm Matt Prince. Cheers. Cheers.